Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for this podcast is Dr. Mary Story. Mary is professor in the Division of Epidemiology and Community Health and senior associate dean in the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota. Published widely on areas of nutrition, particularly in youth, the Dr. Story has been elected to the prestigious Institute of Medicine and has served on a number of national committees that have been uh, issued reports of great significance to nutrition policy in the United States. We're going to talk today about her work on Native Americans. Um, so Mary, welcome first. I'd like to thank, thank you for joining us. <clears throat> so you've done really groundbreaking work on diet and nutrition issues in Native Americans. Why is this an issue of concern to begin with? American Indians have among the highest rates of obesity and diabetes among any other racial and ethnic groups in the United States. So my research has really been on the <clears throat> Pine Ridge and Rosebud reservations. But you've seen there's been an, uh, in the early 1960s, underweight, up until really the 60s, underweight was a major issue that you'd see on reservations across the United States with children. Now you, undernutrition is no longer the issue of being underweight. Um, childhood rates of, of childhood obesity um, in our studies have shown that about f almost 50% of five-year-olds are overweight. And what would the national average be? The national average um, is about 30%. All right, so almost double, not quite, but almost so double. So about a third, so <clears throat> it's much higher with well, American Indian true. youth. What changed? And this was a trend that you did not see at all 30 or 40 years ago. What changed to create this, such a dramatic increase in, in obesity? Well, I think we've seen it changing, you know, all across America with with any group. Um, on many with on many reservations, they really lack access to healthy foods, and it wasn't. Things have really changed now with the commodity food program on reservations, but um, and so that's been a really positive change the last probably five years. But um, when when we started working on the on the reservations in in South Dakota in the um, mid '90s, it was all canned meats that were really high in um, fat, really fatty. In fact, you 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 opened them up and that you know the fat would just rise to the top, and that you really couldn't get any fr any canned fruit that wasn't canned in heavy syrup. All that's changed now. You can get fresh fruits and vegetables. Commodity foods have really improved. But um, there's not a lot of grocery stores. Poverty is really extreme. Um, so a lot of it's really you don't have the same opportunities, I think, for healthy foods on the reservations. And you don't have the opportunities for physical activity. So you'd, you'd mentioned um, earlier I heard you talk about the unemployment rate in some of these populations. Could you mention, say, give, tell us what Unemployment that's. is, is um, very high on many of the reservations in South Dakota. And if you don't have, um, if, if, and foods are expensive, if you don't have um, access to, 
healthy foods in grocery store, you know, in grocery stores, it's really hard to eat healthy. That's why the school nutrition programs are so important for children. So you have the phenomena on many Indian reservations are, is that you have food insecurity, not enough food coexisting with obesity. Um, because again, it's some of the cheaper foods that are really um, unhealthy that are the cheapest to buy. So one might imagine that if the rates of obesity are very high, the rates of diabetes would be very high as well. Is that true? Yeah. When I first started working with American Indians, um, diabetes was called adult onset diabetes. Um, They've changed that. You never saw children. Even when I was working on the Cherokee Indian Reservation in the um, early 1980s, you wouldn't see it all. Um, it was all adults that were over the age of 45. You wouldn't ever see children. Now, um, pediatricians are, on reservations are seeing um, children as young as 12 or 10 that have They've changed the name to type 2 diabetes because it's so common. So these, we're talking about diseases that are sort of abstract and they sound clinical because they are clinical. But could you paint a picture of the kind of human suffering that, that this creates and what, what you see with your own eyes when you're in these settings? When you see, um, when you talk with adolescents on the reservation, everyone has known somebody that has had an amputation. You know, you see blindness that occurs because of type 2 diabetes. Um, but the, the cost, the human cost of suffering and debilitation with diabetes is, is, going, is devastating on these communities. And oftentimes, the, the um, consequences of diabetes occur about 30 years after the onset of diabetes. So if children are getting um, diabetes when they're 10 years old, you know, by the time they're 40 years old, you'll be seeing, or younger, you'll be seeing all the consequences. So, and this is something that largely really can be prevented through um, weight management and physical activity. So tell us, if you would, about some of the recent work that you've been doing in, in the setting. We've been working in the schools um, trying to increase physical activity, trying to reach families um, for you know healthier eating, trying to... Um, develop stronger curriculum in the school and really kind of change the school environment so that there's not the fundraisers. You know, you see the same types of foods on the reservation that you do anyplace else, and the kids are, are also watching a lot of TV. They're exposed to a lot of the ads for unhealthy foods, and those are the types of foods that are often in the stores that are really cheap, like soft drinks. So given the, the, the difficult environment that exists there with the very high poverty rates, unemployment, um, lack of access to healthy foods because there aren't a lot of stores and things, um, is it possible to make progress given the, the difficult odds? There is because American Indians place such a high value on children and families. 
And so, um, you know, there needs to be more awareness of, of that overweight is a problem. For a lot of the people that are older, a healthy child was one that, um, or a sick child was one that was thin. And so it was the heavier children that tended to, um, that they see it now, many of the older people as being healthy. So some of the attitudes need to change. Um, and I think tribal councils now, you know, are really tuned into the issues of obesity. And there's more money through the Indian Health Service to have parks and to have trails where kids can ride their bikes. So are there other things that the federal government could do that would be helpful here? Um, yes, I think that the, the, what the federal government could do is even make, since poverty is so extreme, to increase um, the amount of subsidies for, you know, like for commodity foods for children to really help bring um, more fruits and vegetables into the, onto the reservations, um, help develop even more trails where kids could be active. They need better parks. Sounds like better funding of the schools would help as well because then they wouldn't have to be selling junk food. Right. On some reservations, there's, I mean, there's no swimming pools, no places, too, where kids can really be active. Well, thank you for doing this important work, and it sounds like this is a population that's received far too little help and attention given the nature of the problem and the extent of the obesity and the diabetes. So, Congratulations for doing such fine work. Thank you. So our guest today was Dr. Mary Story, professor in the Division of Epidemiology and Community Health and Senior Associate Dean in the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota. Please visit our website, www.yalerudcenter.org, and there you'll find a rich array of resources on food and food policy issues, including information on breaking news in the area, a free email newsletter, and, of course, a list of the other excellent podcasts uh, that have been recorded. Thank you.